Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. We do have a propensity to watch news and become very scared, but just remember we don't have all the information, but God has all the information and he has all the control. He is sovereign. And he's not going to give that up in the name of a war or divisions or factions and he's God and he's going to remain that way. It's hard to move from such a solemn a thing to something a, a little bit lighter fair. But two hillbillies. <laughs> were sipping shine on the front porch when a truck went by and it was loaded with rolls of sod. I'm gonna do that one. I win that their lottery, one hillbilly said to the other. And the other said, Do what? He said, send my lawn out to be mowed. <laughs> So some may have lawns, but I have pasture. I have almost five acres of it. Now that means there's lots of trees, there's a creek running through it, there's grass, there's buried briars, there's brush, and lots of invasive vegetation. Some of it I've never seen on my property before. Oh, have you ever had a burdock root? Oh my gosh, that stuff is horrible. And it makes me wonder, where do all these weeds come from? I have an array of weeds right here that came out of my pasture. Just a few. <laughs> so I found out where they come from. In Genesis 1.11, God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seeds according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Well, my own experience with vegetation is that some are good and some are not so good. Some are beautiful and majestic. I mean, they're tall and glorious, waving in symphony to God, it seems like to me. And they, not only are they beautiful and evergreen, but they make a great windbreak, right? When the wind blows, it slows it down. They bring shade in this, when the sun is shining. And while there are others that are parasitic and useless. Much like English ivy, right here, this little guy, and that 20-some uh, footer down there, it, it's pretty to look at. It's green. It's fluffy, right? It spreads fast. It's a ground cover. But it can root at the base of a tree and twine itself around the tree completely, covering it 
sapping it of every nourishment that it needs to survive. And in time, killing the host tree. And you want to go to the tree there? Ah, those are some hefty roots. And that tree is, is a goner right there. <laughs> Where is he? Yeah. How's the tree business? <laughs> I, I'm not going there. Okay. <laughs> Other form species simply multiply so fast that they take up the land, leaving none to use. It, I mean, I have pasture, and I have some meadow here, and I have a little meadow here, and a little meadow here, and uh, that's what my horses munch on when I'm, when I'm not pushing oats and hay in their mouth. And so, but as the brush comes in and engulfs it, hey, that grass is gone. It's now brush and uh, it's just taken over. I can't use that land. And I thought, hey, hey, that's my land and I want it back. So a couple of years ago, I started the arduous task of taking back my land. One weed at a time, one bush at a time, and one root at a time, I have been digging every day. I walk around my five acres with a shovel in my hand and a pair of clippers, and I am going for it. And then, once I gather them up into a pile, I'm going to burn it. And there, the pile was getting so high, I actually have several burn piles at my pasture now because there are so many weeds. So many places in the Bible, men are likened to trees. Their culture at that time was agrarian and that they lived off the land and they depended on it for food. And so the writer and the hearer both understood this comparison of a man being like a tree. Someone, one through three, it says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. When it says law there, it just means scripture, total scripture. His delight is in the scripture of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. And whatever he does, he prospers. Now, on a little different note, Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8 says that cursed is the man who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. And he will be like a bush in the wastelands, he will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one can live. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when he comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. Now, this is a this is a true story coming up next. And this man, uh, 
out in his pasture, he wanted a pond. And so he dug the hole and he lined it with the rubber liner and he filled it with water. And some time went by and um, he noticed that the water was constantly going down. And so he drained it and he checked out the liner. There was no rips or tears in that liner. He filled it up again. And again, the water slowly went down. What he found out was there was a tree that was planted very near the uh, pond. And it had, the root had gone down and then it turned and stuck its little leg right inside that pond. And it was sucking that water right out of there. And so it flourished. It was mainlining H2O. <laughs> Matthew 13 tells about the sower and the seed. And Jesus is the sower. And the seed is the word of God. The different types of soil represents the condition of the heart. But the one sown on good ground, the seed that's sown on good ground, this is the one who hears and understands the word, who does produce fruit and yields more than what is expected. It yields a hundred, sixty, and thirtyfold. Now I've heard if you give it, whatever it is, what it needs, it will thrive. That works on most everything from automobiles, relationships, animals, and to things that grow out of the ground. Now a car, it doesn't need too many things, right? It needs gas and oil and water and a really good mechanic. <laughs> and how about animals? I mean, they need safety, shelter, food, water. How about a good owner? And things that grow out of the ground. They need water and sun and fertile ground to grow in. You give it what it needs and it will usually thrive. A seed is implanted in the soil. It, it starts to shoot those roots down. It germinates or sprouts and it grows accordingly. Roots provide the nourishment to keep the plant thriving. They draw upward what the plant needs to stay alive. And once the root system is established and firmly fixed in place, then growth happens exponentially. Eventually the plant will produce fruit and multiply. Now there is either good fruit or there is bad fruit. It all depends on the condition of the tree. Dr. Luke records in chapter 643 that Jesus teaches the people about fruit in their lives. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. And people do not pick figs from thorn bushes, nor grapes from briars. The good man brings good things from out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil that is stored up in his heart. And from out of the overflow or abundance of his heart, the mouth speaks. There's always going to be evidence on the outside of what's going on on the inside. Some problematic fruit might be anger, injustice, unfairness. You don't get what you want. 
Any offense, you take it on yourself. Then there's apathy. You turn a blind eye to the obvious. You just don't really care. Unforgiveness. Holding on to the offender and the offense. They say that if, if you serve them poison, it's really you that are drinking it. Got to get rid of that unforgiveness. Then there's trauma. Bad things happen to really good people. None are immune, and they have not devised a vaccine for that. Addictions. These are cravings that can never be satisfied. There's sin. The plain old garden variety that separates us from God or anything that has been planted, rooted, and established itself and is producing bad fruit in your life. It's sucking the very life right out of you. The life that Jesus gave to you when he died on the cross. Hebrews 12:15 says, make sure that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up, causing trouble and defiling many. The Everyday Bible reads it like this. Be careful that no one becomes a bitter weed, bitter weed growing among you. Now my fruit, yes, I have fruit, was anger. I even took the Myers-Briggs um, test, which is um, psychologists gives that to people to find out kind of problem areas in their life and see how well you're doing mentally and, and such. And so they found out, it found out, no matter that I tried to fool it and pretend I'm not angry, right? The fruit is called anger. That's inside here. Now, do I want that in my life? No. But I also know that it is such a virulent, destructive weed and I know where it comes from. In one of my Bibles, I had noted this phrase, the first five years are forever. What a child learns early on, they will live out later on. And because I was abused as a young child, I saw my world differently. I was trained to not tell, not feel, and don't trust anyone. There is the inroad. That's the fertile ground where the seed was planted and which grew to massive proportions. Inside, instead of me, you saw my tree. No one else felt my full-blown blown anger because it was always directed at myself. I had this self-loathing all the time and I blamed myself for everything and anything. If it rained, it was my fault. If there was no money in the house, it was my fault. And so there was this hatred of self going on, and I made every effort to keep it tightly hidden down deep in the dark. Well, here's one of the lies I believed, that I actually had the power to hide the fruit that was growing, and it was right there, all right. And it was just hanging everywhere. I mean, I thought it wasn't, but it was. Denial might be another one of my issues. When I became a Christian, God gently started the pruning process and the journey of healing me inside out. And he hasn't stopped yet because he is faithful. You and I have this assurance. 1 Corinthians 1.8 tells me and you, 
He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And God who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, he is faithful. Yes, the Lord is faithful to heal, but in my case, I also learned that he wants a willing participant. I have a part to play in this process of eradicating those weeds that take up space where he wants to dwell. After all, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and now we are born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed through the living and enduring word of God. It is by the power and the work of the Holy Spirit that sows the seed that roots and grounds our lives in God's unfailing love. And Jesus, the Bible tells us, is that seed that is planted in our hearts. Jesus says in John 6, 63, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. It's useless. It just takes up space. But the words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. So this is the process that I went through. In the natural, getting rid of those invasive species on my property. And in the spiritual, getting rid of those things that take up God's rightful place in my heart. And there are four. It's examine, expose, excavate, and eradicate. You want to switch to the house? Wow. A little overwhelming, huh? But that's what it does when it's not tended to. So we're, we're going to take the first one, which is examine. You're going to look for it because it's there. Be diligent. Become a weed warrior and go for it. You expose it. I was just thinking, you know, it takes a lot of time to walk around five acres of land and you're looking, you're looking for that, that thing down there. And I find it. It's there. I can't deny it. So I remain diligent, hunting for it. You expose it, you uncover it, and bring it into the light where you and God can get a good look at it and call it what it is. The next one is excavate. You dig it up. Like I say, I wander around with a shovel every day on my property and my, and my nippers. Remember where there's a root, there's a fruit. The worst thing, the worst sound that I hear is when I'm pulling on a root and it goes, snap, and I know that that root is still there, and I'm going to have to come back later when it has given its fruit up, and I'm going to have to do it all over again. Okay, God says, where there's a root, there will be fruit, right? God says that he's going to uproot everything that isn't planted by him in our lives. The next one is eradicate. You take it to the burn pile and you destroy it. So I'm going to read to you the parable of the wheat and the reeds. Reeds. Why do I say weeds? In Matthew 13. (laughs) 
The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good feed, good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat. And then he went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Did you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Keep repeating those four E's, examine, expose, excavate, and eradicate until the root is gone. No matter how long it takes, no matter how many times you have to do it, you have to not want it taking up your land, your space, your heart where God needs to dwell. So we have the Holy Spirit residing in us. So if this is true, then we'll then there should be some holy spiritual things happening inside of us, right? So what kind of fruit are we supposed to produce? Galatians 5, 19 through 22 says, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious because they bear fruit. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Our spirit fruit is on display wherever we go, whatever we do, whatever we say, and with whoever we're with. And it gets bigger and it gets sweeter as we mature in the Lord and stay in his word. I would much rather have love than hate growing and showing in me. I would rather have peace than angst. And I would rather have kindness than cruelty. I want to be so filled up in God's love that there's no room for invasive thoughts or words or deeds that can entwine itself around my heart and diminish the work of God in my life. I want to be rooted and grounded, fully established and steadfast in my faith. For the deeper that the roots grow, and are secured in good ground and watered with the word, then my heart will flourish and my fruit will be sweet. So before I pray, I want to ask you, would you like to give a short testimony or do you have a question? Do you have a comment? 
I'm going to give you a moment before I pray. I love that song, The Stand. And it so goes with the message. So I thank you, Riley. You have been so awesome to fill in for us and be our worship leader. You have blessed us so mightily with not only the talent and the gift that God has given you, but by your words that have ministered to us and I just pray a great big blessing upon you and Emma. Thank you so much. So I'm going to pray. It's Psalm 316 to 20. I pray that out of his glorious riches, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established, grounded in love, may have power with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.